Welcome to the first episode of the Front Enders Kaleidoscope podcast. In this first podcast, there's going to be some talk about, uh, of course, the news that's making the rounds everywhere, which is the purchase of GitHub by Microsoft. And we'll go some over some interesting articles that's been posted on the web. There's some nice new releases. There's also some tooling, a nice video on YouTube from the Zeit conference. Chrome 67 Stable has been released and some other suggestions for other podcast episodes. I'm your host, Skolk Nettling, front-end engineer at Mozilla, and let's get into it. So, looking at some articles around the web, I wrote, re- uh, read a really interesting podcast by Carolyn Green over on the Sparkbox blog called Writing Accessible Web Content. So we all know accessibility is important on the web. It does seem to be ignored still, although it's just getting a lot of attention at the moment, which is great. But there's more to it than just your UI interactions and typing through content and your form controls and all that being accessible. The copyright can often be a barrier to entry large blocks of text, um, using a lot of jargon, using, using a lot of buzzwords. These can all, all be barriers to entry. So I would definitely suggest giving that a read. Really interesting and insightful. Moving on, over on the Microsoft Edge Demos Playground, they published an article on getting started with web push notifications. It's really handy. Um, it's a great tutorial to work through. I do suggest that you open up the repo because the code examples in the tutorial is not too great. Um, While the code is fine, just the way it flows is a little bit disjointed and you're not always sure what you go where. But if you follow along in the tutorial and have the repo open in a separate tab, you should be good to go. And there's a lot of really useful information to get you started with web push notifications. Moving on, on Smashing Magazine, ERA or ER uh, wrote a great post about not just um, creating a DevTools extension, but also looking at uh, feature the Feature Queries Manager, which is a DevTools extension she wrote. It's really a, a very nice way for you to be able to test feature queries in basically a modern browser, so it allows you to toggle basically as if those features were enabled or not enabled. So if you're using feature queries, i.e. at supports, to test like if you should use grid or not, this is a great way to allow you to test it without having to open up an actual browser that doesn't support grid to see how your fallback works. Very worth checking out. There's an update on the Firefox add-ons blog by Mike Conka talking about what's new for extensions in Firefox 61. So if you've been porting your extensions over to the new way Firefox does it, which is basically the way other browsers have been doing it for some time, it's a really good post to get the latest on what's available. Some really neat new features that's been added that web extensions can now take advantage of. A really, really good post that I ran into from Niels Binder over on the Nine Elements Medium blog is building a responsive image. So this is not using source set. This is also not just normal uh, responsiveness. 
that we all know and love, but it's actually using SVG with media queries in a way that almost gives you a sense of using container queries. So literally making your SVG image respond to its container. Really great, really useful. I highly recommend reading that. Uh, React, React is everywhere. Uh, hate it, love it, indifferent to it. Uh, it's definitely a good idea to have at least a passing knowledge of what React is and how it works, because you're most likely going to run into it at some point during your work life. And uh, one of the things that's hard with React is where to start, what to learn, and how to basically, what's the course to follow? Not a course as in a specific course, but course of action. Uh, Kenzie Dodds post a really, really great article about how he suggests you approach learning to react. And um, it's, it's basically the TLDR boils down to learn what you need and add on to it as you need more. But best thing is to head over to his post and this will all be linked in the show notes, which I will give the URL to you at the uh, end of this podcast. Really good article. Uh, it'll help you really get up and running with React in a, in a more sane way. Then WWDC happened this week. And among all the announcements, if you saw or read afterwards what uh, was announced, you would have learned that WebKit is coming to watchOS and watchOS 5. And of course, this presents us with a whole new form factor, a whole new way of interacting with web content. And how do we best take advantage of this if our content may be accessed on an Apple Watch? Well, thankfully over on the developer blog on apple.com, there's a great video on designing web content for web, watch, watch, no, watch OS. So if this is something that you're interested in, just to be aware of or to specifically target, then that's definitely worth your time. Moving on to some tooling. Over on the Media Temple blog, Chris Coyer posted a list of browser extensions he actually uses. A lot of them you might already be using or be aware of or have tried out and stopped using. But even if that's the case, there's still some that I'm pretty sure you might have missed. So worth checking out. Then uh, over on one of the extensions that he mentioned that I really liked was Site Palette, which is a browser extension to generate color palettes. And basically it's an extension you stick into your browser and you can go on to a photo and just have it generate a palette for you from that photo. Of course, there's many other tools that can do this as well. Having it right in your browser and available whenever you see some color combinations that looks really good is, is useful. So, you know, go head over to the show notes and grab the link from there. Next one is when you write a Node.js utility, oftentimes you log things to stand it out. And messages can often get lost in translation or lost just in all the noise that might be output by running a utility. And so what Signal does is it gives you a hackable to the core level logger for your Node.js utilities. So you can have different levels, like you can have info error and you can have different coloring, you can add little icons. It's just a nice way to improve how you 
present feedback to the user when they use your utility. Really worthwhile. I'm going to be using this in one of my side projects called Project Calavera. So yeah, I would suggest checking it out. Then cookbooks and cheat sheets and these things are always popular. And over on the Mozilla Service Worker site, they have a great cookbook on using Service Worker with ready-made recipes for using Service Worker to improve the web experience for your users and you know explore with offline first design and all that good stuff that Service Workers bring to the table. Moving on, Henry Zhu from Babel.js fame did a great talk at the Zeit conference a while ago and that video is now on YouTube called In Pursuit of Open Source. Talks about all the stuff that's on everybody's front of mind at the moment. Stuff related to maintainer burnout, keeping a healthy open source project, and just generally the health and ecosystem of open source. If you're involved in open source at all, definitely worthwhile watching the video. It's like 20-25 minutes. So Chrome 67 stable has been released. Some of the new things that just comes to the browser is now Progressive Web Apps is available on Chrome OS with Progressive Web Apps coming to Mac and Windows soon, probably the next release. They've also added generic census API. And then on the dev tools, some of the exciting new things is the ability to search across all network headers and responses. If you watch the Google I stuff, this might not seem like new things, but they are now available in the latest stable release. What's also new is when you use CSS variables and you hover over the variable inside DevTools, it'll actually show you the value and not just uh, the variable. And now user timing will also be shown in your performance tab. So if you use the user timing API to mark and measure some things, you can now see those in the performance timeline. Closing out this week's, some suggestions to other podcast episodes over on the Shop Doc show. The folks Chris Coyer and co-host there talked to Tim Brown about his upcoming book from a book apart called Flexible Typesetting. Tim Brown is basically typography extraordinaire and you can never go wrong if you're interested in typography and typography on the web and you want to learn more and you want to improve the typography on your site. The tooling, the general advice he gives, talking about variable fonts. There's just a bunch of interesting stuff. Well worth a listen. And then, of course, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Microsoft buying GitHub. You can listen to the folks from uh, the Chainslog, Adam Stokowiak and Jared Santo, giving their reactions to the news about Microsoft buying GitHub. Whether you love it or hate it, it's worth just getting, you know, some other reactions maybe rethink your notion of, of what has happened or not. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, I have to be honest, if this happened even a year ago, my reaction to this would have been much, much different than it is now. I'm generally cautiously optimistic about it, and um, we'll see how things pan out. Lastly, again, going back to React, uh, as part of Changelog, they recently launched or integrated the React podcast hosted by Michael Jackson. And uh, this week, or well, last week's episode, was a talk with Sophie Alpert, 
who is a core contributor and React Engineering Manager over at Facebook about all things past, present and future with regards to React. Great episode, lots of information. If you're looking at getting into React or you're already using React, it's definitely worth your time. There's going to be something new for you there, something interesting, something you didn't know, well worth your time. All right, that was then the first podcast episode of the Front Enders Kaleidoscope. I hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to talking to you all again next week. Go out, build great things, and above all, stay curious. Cheers. Hey, me again. So, as this was the first episode, of course, the nerves was raging. And uh, I completely forgot to say where you can find the show notes. The show notes for this week's episode will be at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash FK podcast 001. So that is B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash FK podcast 001.